This morning, before, before I even uh, begin, um, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm always amazed at how God leads. You know, you, you, look, you listen to the worship. I mean, I didn't even have a chance to talk to the worship team or Amadeo. And uh, Amadeo, what does your name mean? God's love? Is that what you said? God's love? Amadeo, God's love. Come on. That's awesome. All right. Um, and so what we're going to do is, as many of you know, just about a week ago, we were um, in Cuba for a really short time. Usually we like to go a little longer, and uh, it probably would have been better had we been a little longer. But it's amazing what you can do in six days. So it was nonstop. It was a good thing that the pool where we were staying was empty. They were going to paint it. So we had brought our granddaughter. So that wasn't going to be an issue because there was no pool to swim in. So she had to travel with us for those six days, but she did get to swim. Don't worry. We did give her a chance to see the ocean swim, and I even took her snorkeling. She loved that. Just to see the beautiful, you know, the fish and, and the coral reef. It was amazing. But where I'm going with this is just in the six days, I'm going to show you a four-minute video. We're going to get the lights down, <clears throat> and then we're going to dive into the message. We're going to go deep today. We're going to go deep, deep, deep. It's good to go deep. I hope uh, you like the deep end, because that's where we're going to go. But before we do that, uh, I just want to show you in, 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 in a four-minute video, which is pretty quick. You're not going to be able to see it as best. We need to get some kind of screen. You can see where the plane is going. But it was amazing because your prayers were lifting us up. The, the money that this church gave, we were able to bless a church so they could do a pig roast for Christmas. And that's what they do in Cuba. They do a pig roast and then they celebrate. And we were able to uh, minister and also be ministered to and go to different churches as well as a hospital. Just quickly, I want to throw this out there, is that the University of Waterloo, I had no connection with the University of Waterloo. I go into a bicycle shop before I go to get a box because we want to bring some bicycles. Because if you know anything about the transportation in, in Cuba, you can't count on it. It's not on time, and it's chaos. So a bicycle can mean a lot to them. A good bicycle, okay? We did bring one before. It wasn't so good. It didn't last, so we had to bring one to replace it. But anyways, so here we are, and um, I'm in this bicycle shop, and who comes in the bicycle shop but someone else looking for a bicycle box who's going to Cuba as well, who then shares with me that they really need medical supplies at the hospitals in Cuba and got me a contact at the University of Waterloo, and we were able to bring a suitcase full of syringes and all the surgical stuff that a hospital, uh, you know, they, they don't have much, so we were able to bring that suitcase with us. Now, we got to get it past customs, so we didn't declare it. We just say, okay, well, this is medical. Wow, this is all your stuff, you know? But we brought it. God was able to, to allow us to bring that into Cuba, and then we were able to deliver it to the hospital. You'll see a picture of the faces of those we delivered to, and that was able to bless them. And now the next time we go, which is April 2019, I'm throwing this out there. If you want to come, we do have an application process. We didn't do that before, but we've had to because we've got so many people wanting to go, and we've got to limit it to 10 to 12. Okay, but if you're interested, next week I'll have an application for you, and you just got to fill it out, just gives us a little more information about you and your interest, and then also if, you're, if you could be a little physically active, helps to play soccer, 
You know, you don't have to be totally good at this. You don't have to be a, uh, you know, a Ronaldo or anything like that. As long as you know how to kick a ball, that's pretty good. They just love having you. So that's an opportunity that happens in April. It's for two weeks, but you do have to apply for that this time. We have to do that. So just let me know of your interest. It's a great opportunity. And just to say this, it would be wrong of me just to kind of like pass through this, but um, um, people, you got to hear this. In Cuba right now, they don't understand it. I, the move of God is so much that lawyers and doctors are now coming to churches. Come on. They are coming to churches. The bar is not as, as people are not going to the bar as frequent as they are going to the church. The church is becoming the place. Come on. And so this was told to me by one of the government officials. Now, at the end of this video... Just quickly, his name's Riveron, was a government official, totally like Cornelius. So before he became a believer, he was helping churches out, helping poor families out. God got a hold of this guy. He's now, he started to, he still worked for the government, but then he just quit recently, and now God's opened a door, and he goes to prisoners. He goes to the prisons and does the ministry. He goes to the poor families, and at the end of this, he sings a song for you about the transformation that took in its place. The translator who's translating it for you, you might not be able to hear it. We'll fade it out towards the end, but just to give you a little background information, we're going to play that video. This is just a quick thing. There's so many stories, so many things to tell you about it, but God is on the move. God is on the move. You may not realize it, but behind the scenes, He's moving. Just when you think that storm is about to take over, just when you think that boat is about to sink and you're sitting in that boat, there is someone in that boat with you. Come on. That someone is going to say three words to the storm in your life. There's some of you this morning. See, I'm getting into the preaching mode now, so I got to stay. We got to play the video. Okay, Lloyd, listen to, all right, let's play that video. Let's have a little more lights out. All right, we'll get back to that, okay? Hold that thought.
Soy un hombre transformado. Ya no me llaman como antes. Ya no me llaman como antes. Ahora me llaman hermano. Yo le digo a mis amigos que Cristo es lo mejor. Por eso mi casa y yo. Por eso mi casa y yo. Hoy servimos al Señor. La mesa está servida. Solo tienes que arrimar. Tan solo abra tus brazos, tan solo abre tus brazos y comienza a alabar. Gloria a Dios. Awesome, we can get the lights. I need to get some water too. If someone wouldn't mind, got a dry throat here this morning. Just want to get some water, somebody. That'd be great. So, just quickly, just I wanted to highlight two things. Um, on Cuba, um, it is an impoverished country, a very a communist country still. And just to say this, is that in spite of that, in spite of the control, in spite of the poverty, in spite of what 
the limitations that they're facing, they are praising God. They're beginning to see God as the God of breakthrough. And, and as you heard that testimony, just so you know, that stadium that was full, there were people that weren't able to get in. Because in Easter of this past year, well, 2018, still 2018, they, the government said, we're going to let you do this open. And look how many, look at how many were there in that stadium. So if you wonder what that picture was, and that was sent to me by one of the guys there in Cuba. God is on the move so much so that even in the prisons, get this, thank you, Amy, appreciate that. Mm. The guys who are getting let out of prison want to go back into the prison. Come on, what's that, right? You just got out. Why do you want to come back in? Because they, they, there's others in the prison that need to hear, that need to know, right? And when that passion burns, you just want to go, right? So when we were talking to you, we wanted to say this, and I'm, I'm just prophesying that, that those of you who are in that storm, whatever you're facing, Jesus wants to say three words to that storm, peace be still. And let me say that these are just not ordinary words. This morning I want to speak to you about that. I want to speak to you about the God of the breakthrough. Because you might feel that you don't measure up. And you might feel that your words don't really matter. You might feel that, well, look at me. But God wants to say, He wants to take a hold of your life, that he, just like He did with Gideon. And you need to hear those words, especially when you hear those other voices, when you hear the other words. I remember when... Um, I had met Lisa in college, and this is going back about 35 years. So we've been together 35 years. There were those because it was quick. I was only eight days, and I asked her to marry me. Eight days. There was no formula. But I, I said eight days. I said to her, you know, I thought this is it. This is the one. And, and I, you know, you got something good. You don't let it go. Right? So I, 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 I was nervous. I remember going into the library, seeing her sitting there, and I remember saying, you know, working up the nerve to ask her out on our first date. And then later on, she would come to my parents' house, and man, I wasn't really, guys, I didn't have it all together. I didn't do, do the whole needs thing, light the candles, um, you know, but I, I turned around and saw opportunity, and I rushed for opportunity, and I took advantage of opportunity, and I said to her, will you marry me? And as quick as I said that, she turned around and said, yes. Come on. And there were those who didn't think it would work because it was quick. There were those in our college that I remember who did the right thing. They, and I'm not saying that you don't do the right thing. Don't get me here. But what I'm saying is this, is that they said, okay, this guy went through all the process. He jumped all the hoops. And, and here we are 35 years later. But I will say to you this, that we've had our ups and downs. It hasn't always been a bed of roses. We've had our ups and downs. And for those of you who are married know what I mean. There are the struggles, but it does get better. It does get sweeter. Let me tell you about that. All right? But where we want to go this morning is this, is the God of the breakthrough. Because when I think about myself, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. How do you think? What do you think about yourself? 
What do you think? Do you think that you have the ability that through God you can do, that you can take on mountains, that you can go to places that you've never been before, and that you can see things that you've never seen before, and that you can dream dreams that you've never dreamed before? Jordan's getting the point, right? And I begin to see that the Word of God is active, that it is living, that it is powerful, and that it can overcome. This past week, I had to do a bonfire at my mom's place. My mom owns about 10 acres, and so during the year, I don't always take my, the trees uh, to the landfills. I actually take them to my mom's property, and so I pile these huge piles up, and they're huge. I got in there spruce, I got poplar, I got birch, I got all the kinds of trees in there. Trees, you know, basically that have been either they're diseased or they're dead or they're just, you know, and they're in the back. So I know that before 2018 ends, I've got to burn all this stuff. That's huge. So I wait for the right weather, and we've had it. We've had rain, which is good, because when those ambers flies, you don't want, you know, and all that stuff. And, I, and as I began to look at what I, what I was up against, I said to myself, okay, there's a lot of stuff here that's frozen and also wet, and it's going to be hard to get this fire going. So what I did was I took some gas. Some of you had a history with that, I can tell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, I took some gas. I thought, I'm going to do it the quick way. <laughs> We're going to get to that. There's a spiritual analogy with that, too. We're going to bring some spiritual meaning to this. But So, here I was, and what I did was I looked for a pile like, that was like a haystack, trying to describe it to you. And I took the gas, and I started to pour it in the middle of that. And usually you just pour a little, which is what I did. And then I threw a match and, you know, ran away because I don't, you know, and uh, nothing happened. So I thought, okay, we're just going to put a little more gas in this. You know, not a gallon, don't worry. But a, but a, good, a good amount. And so what I didn't realize was that I was actually in the process of creating a bomb effect. Because as soon as I took that match and threw it. Now, I did run because I knew there was a lot of gas, and I threw it into that. There was this big bang, bomb sound. And, and my mom was in the house, and she heard it, and it shook. And then the fire started. I was able to keep it going. And it's been going. It's probably still going now. But it's okay because it's small now. But it's burned a lot of stuff. So for that whole week, it's been going longer than a week. So you can imagine all the stuff I had to burn on that. So where I'm going with this is this. Is that when it comes to resolutions and when it comes to goals for the new year, when it comes to knowing that God is the God of breakthrough, there is something that you need to be aware of, each one of us here. And that is our heart. Because you see, you can have all the content up here. But if that content doesn't get down here, if by reading the Word of God, I am not loving my brother or my sister more, or I am not reaching out more, then something is wrong. And when the fire starts to burn, the Bible says to guard the issues of your heart, to guard it. Because out of that flow the issues. Guard your heart, for out of the heart flow the issues of life, right? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? Um, 
you know, where, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is, right? And so the heart is so key to a church, to us being on fire. And as we ignite that heart, as I keep my heart, as I cultivate that heart, it begins to see what God can do. I mean, we look at Luke 22. We want to go to Luke because I think of anybody that didn't think he could measure up. At first, he thought he could. Luke 22. We're going to look at that. We're just going to look at Peter. Because if anyone could say, okay, I could do this. I mean, I think about in Luke 22 where Peter, and this is Jesus, he's getting ready. He's, the communion's been all set up. And it's amazing that Jesus' word, I love this because this is another reminder of the words of God, where Jesus says, this guy is going to give you a donkey. And all you have to say to this guy is say, we want this room, and he's going to give it to you. And already he knows ahead of time what's going to take place. Because, and, and I think the disciples are, must, must have been really fascinated with the fact that Jesus already knew. Aren't you, aren't you amazed at that? Because he, I mean, he already knows about you. He knows when you're going to fall. He knows when you're going to fail. He knows when you're going to mess up. But here's, here's the amazing thing about Jesus, is that he not only sees your heart, but he still is faithful to you. He still loves you. And he's still going to complete it. And so here Peter in Luke 22, they're having communion. And Jesus begins to discuss with them the details the intricate details of what's going to take place. And uh, here, let's go there. We're just going to read Luke 22. This is good. And we're going to read verse, let's go, verse 29. And it says here, Jesus says this, And as my Father has appointed a kingdom and conferred it on me, so do I confer it on you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on my thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Sounds amazing. This is amazing. But he says, Simon, Simon, Peter, listen. This is Satan. He is asked excessively that all of you be given up to him out of the power and keeping of God. Aren't you glad for the power and keeping of God? That he might sift you all like grain but I love this, verse 32. But Jesus says this, I have prayed especially for you, Peter. So now you, you, you can just picture, here we are sitting, and you see the glance of Jesus looking straight at Peter saying, I have prayed especially for you because you're going to go through a difficult time. There's a, there's a hard time coming. And he says, I pray that your own faith may not fail. And when you yourself have turned against, strengthen and establish your brethren. So Jesus already knew that Peter would turn away from him in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that difficulty. And how many of us, if we're honest enough, if we're transparent enough to this day in our walk with God, have had those moments? I've had that moment when things aren't happening the way we think they should be happening. If we're honest, how many honest people are here? Just so I know. Good, good. Got some. That's good. More than one hand. That's great. So, um, 
And, how, and if I'm honest with you, I've done stuff in my own strength. I have. And, and yes, maybe I've accomplished little, but not what I should have had. And if I can do anything to you, if I can encourage you in any way in this last message in 2018, is that you would become so much more dependent, more reliant, more like putting yourself on the altar, because as you put yourself on that altar, He is going to make you grande which is big for Spanish. Big. But the moment you start to put yourself out there, the moment that you start to make the decisions that you think, that's where it happens. Right? And, and we can learn because if we look at Peter, we're going to learn that. Um, here with Peter, he says this, Peter, I've especially prayed for you. Aren't you glad that Jesus is praying for you? He prays for us. He intercedes for us. I need it. I know. How many, how many need that? Come on. Okay, we got more honest people. That's awesome. I need that. I can't do it. You know, and, and that's what always amazes me is when I'm, when I'm, where am I in Cuba or whatever, I don't even know sometimes. I mean, I prepare, but I'm preparing myself. I'm preparing my heart because I know that what I'm going about, about to do, God's going to pave way. But let me say, I'm going to throw this out there, is that purity equals intimacy. If you want to be used by God, purity equals intimacy. The power of God will flow through you even more so. I remember being in India and there were so many, and I was by myself, there were so many temptations to, to, to basically to do things that were not right. And God would continually, He was the one I was looking to, to guide me. And so here Peter is in this, in this time of temptation, and he says, I prayed especially for you. And, and this is what Peter's response to him. He says, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I mean, that's amazing. That's an amazing statement. And some of us can easily say that, brother, you don't know, man, how strong I am. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it says, be careful. Because as you think you stand, take, take heed, pay careful attention, you may fall. How many of us know fallen believers, those that were walking with God, they were on fire with God, where are they now? And so my, my, my challenge to you this morning as we finish out the year is not only that purity equals intimacy and, and not only keeping your, guarding your heart, but also my, my challenge is you is to cultivate that prayer life. And, I'll, and I'm being straight with you. I'm saying to you, honestly, myself, I'm not there yet. But I know I got to pray way more. I know i got to be in communication way more. And I do as I walk, but I want to do even more than that. Because I know that He's the God of breakthrough. And I've seen when, when prayers um, can move. Because here's a situation. Somebody's, one of the disciples' heads was beheaded. They, 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 did, you know, they took him to prison. That was it for him. Peter was next on the, on the chopping block. If you remember the story, it's in the, in the New Testament. And, and what did they do? Peter was, was next, and, and the king, he was saying, this is great. These, these guys, the Jews, they love this. I'm killing Christians. They love it. I'm going to do that to Peter. That was, the, that was what was going to happen to Peter. But I love this. It says that the church, there was a fervent. What's the word fervent? 
Anybody tell me, what does fervent mean? Please tell me. Passion from your heart, ongoing, fervent. That fire was fervent. That fire that I started with the gas, it didn't run, it's still going. It's still in that, but it's, it's fervent. It's continually burning within the ash. There's something there that's burning and burning and burning. And that church, what they did was they said a fervent, they prayed fervently for Peter. And guess what happened? Well, Peter was asleep and he had an encounter with angels, got basically out of the prison. Next thing you know, he's knocking on the door, right? We know the story. He's knocking on the door, and who goes? The servant girl says, hey, and they're all praying, Father, we just, we just say right now, Peter, Lord, release him, God, from the hands of evil. Lord, release him. And, and all of a sudden, they get somebody's trying to interrupt a prayer meeting and saying, hey, hey, uh, what's that? Who's knocking at the door? And I mean, they're in the midst of praying, right? But you know who was the servant girl went back in and said, um, she, I don't know what happened. Did she just leave Peter at the door because she came back in? Peter's still there at the door, right? And I mean, Peter, come on. Like she's just, no way. And so she goes, runs into these, this prayer meeting and says, and this is a holy interruption, and says, listen, Peter's at the door, all right? And so let me say this, that was the God of breakthrough because he heard those fervent prayers were rising up. So don't you ever think to yourself that your prayers don't matter. Don't you ever think that your words don't matter because God hears your heart. You know, when I first wanted to go to Cuba, um, they were basically telling me um, that you're going to go, you know, you're going to cut down a tree and everything. And, uh, as, and, and you've heard the story about it, but the, you might not have heard the beginning. So in the beginning, it was like... Um, Here's, here's what we want you to do. We want you to climb the tree, but here's how we want you to do it. And I honestly didn't want to go to Cuba. I didn't even know what, Cuba wasn't even on my radar, you know. And so they were saying, you know what, we want you to go and we've got this aircraft wire. We want you to use aircraft wire. We want you to use these like uh, uh, nail spikes and that's how you're going to take down the tree. And so I had previously had experience with ropes, not aircraft wire. I had known how to use carabiners, ropes, and block and tackle. So I wasn't used to this, right? And so in my heart, I wanted to do ministry. I was just, God, I just want to go there, but I want to do ministry. I don't want to cut no tree down. You know, I do that already here. But you know, God was going to use that. I didn't realize, just like that night, that my prayer was being answered. Because I had been praying. I've been praying, God, I want an opportunity to thank you, to, to, to show you my gratefulness for my, the provision that you've enabled me to do this, to get this skill and be able to, And I didn't realize, just like that night, when your prayers, and you think that you're coming up against obstacles, and you think that that wall is so high that you can't climb it, and you think that you can't cross that river, come on. What does it say? All things, all things are possible. All things are possible to him that believes. God, I trust in you. And that's what breakthrough is. I trust in you that my child will get well. I trust in you. And even if he doesn't, Lord, I'm still going to trust in you. And that's the faith that Jesus paid, prayed for Peter. 
I pray. Because in the midst of the prison, he probably heard, oh, John got his head. I'm next. You know? But what he didn't realize, there was a fire burning. And it wasn't with gasoline. But it was a fire. And that church was fervently praying. They were not about to be denied. They were not about to, to say, that's it. We've just prayed only five minutes. That's it. We're, no, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And we're going to pursue. And we're going to pursue. And we're going to seek. And we're going to seek. Because it says, ask. There's the active part. Ask. And it shall be given. Active part is our, my part. Knock. I've got to knock. And the door will be opened. Seek. And you will find, if you lose something and you never look for it, are you going to find it? Probably not, unless by chance. But here, Peter was. Peter was standing at the door. I can imagine what kind of celebration was going on. They were praising God, and that celebration took place as they prayed. So here I am. I'm saying, okay, I don't want to go, God. I don't want to go to Cuba because of the fact that they're going to, I don't even know what, what way they want me to do it now. So I just, honestly, I said to them, I called them on the phone. I said, I'm not going. This is the part I haven't told you about. You said, oh, man, that guy went to the tree, cut down the tree. Yes, but you, what you didn't know was the background behind the scenes. And so I said, no, I don't want to go. Here's why. Number one. Here's the, here's, here's the conditions if I'm going to come. Number one, I have to do it the way that I've done it before with ropes and that. I'm not, no aircraft wire, no, 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 you know, whatever screws. Number two, my son has to come with me because he knows how I work. He works with me, and that's number two. That's the second condition, and that's it. Basically, I think it was just two, really. And then I would do. And what I didn't realize is that a prophetic guy from Miami would speak into that and say that you're going to be like a preacher on a tree. And how I would not realize that being up in that tree with my red helmet, this whole community would see me up there and it would give this church an opportunity to speak into the lies. What I didn't realize was that there was a guy there who was a sorcerer, a black ma magic magician, who basically said, if that tree can come down and nobody can get hurt, I'll believe in your God, that your God is powerful. What I didn't realize is how many people would be touched, and I didn't even have to say a word. But all I had to do was climb up this tree, do it the way that God had showed me how to do it, what He used me, the way He used me, and that things would take place that I could not see, that I didn't realize. But only if I started to knock, only if I started to ask, only if I started to seek. You can't be passive. It is active. Close the book. See how long you're going to stay hungry for God. Get off your knees. See how long you're going to stay hungry for God. Because that fire is in here. And if you're not going to cultivate it, if you expect the church here, if you expect it to happen here, it ain't going to happen here. Yes, you'll be encouraged here. I guarantee you that. Yes, but on your own. Because then you're going to light up. All of a sudden, I see a flame in the back there. I see another flame. I see a flame there in you, brother. I see a fire in you, brother. And it's coming through your eyes. And nobody's going to be able to put that fire out. Why? Why? Because you've cultivated in the secret place. You've spent that time. You've done what you needed to do. I knew. 
How many times I would say that in when we were when we were in that house church, how many times I would know that this would prepare those in that house church for future ministry, for future opportunities. That secret place is where it all started. I remember when I was in Salmon Arm, British Columbia, I was in between churches. They didn't understand why I was leaving this church to go plant a church. It would be the first time I would ever plant a church. But I felt in my heart this was what I was meant to do. Um, two years, these people had been praying fervently and fervently for a church to be in their small community. It didn't seem like if you were to ask a church planner, should I, you know, should I plant a church here? No, that is a no-brainer, man. That community is no, you know, too small. But what I didn't realize, what I didn't realize was God was behind the scenes. And so when I had to talk to these guys and say, no, you know what, I have to say no to a paycheck, I have to say, no, I'm going to leave this church because you guys didn't want to do this with me. You had a different idea, but this is the idea that God's put in my head that we're going to do this. And I didn't realize that. And I would have people that were with me that said they were with me that would leave me. And I would have the people that actually eventually, and that happens, that's normal, that happens. Some people come, some people go. But it's up to you to cultivate. It's up to you to start to, to, to push through for the breakthrough. Because God has got the breakthrough for you. But it's up to you to push through. Because God does not, every prayer counts in heaven. And so here I was. I was like, what am I going to do here? Like, I'm in this in-between stage. And they're saying to me, you got to make a decision. And I'll tell you, I didn't even sleep. I was like, I was like going through a really, this was, they didn't make it easy for me to make this decision to start this, this river of life, this church, and this community. But God, but God. And, and I knew it because there was a desire within me, and God puts those desires in your heart that you know without a doubt. Because that's how Cuba, it started with that tree. I was in there and God heard my heart because my heart was to do ministry. Well, what happened after that? Eight years later, I've been eight times to Cuba now. We've seen salvation. We've seen healings. We were just there. And one of the pastors said, do you know that time when you guys went? That was when the trip me and Marsha were a part of. Amanda was there. Um, and we were there. And uh, well, do you know that lady that you prayed for while you guys were here? And she was, uh, you know, she had cataracts. Well, guess what? God totally healed them, and now she reads her Bible every day. Come on. Now, what happened if we had not have gone? Right? So that all started by that one time saying, okay, God, yes, yes, yes. Become a yes person. Yes to spending time. And I think it's hard because when you're in that secret place, right, you're, I don't know about you, but I'm a productive person. I see that. In my job, I see a tree comes down. People pat me on the back, did a great job, thank you, tree didn't come through my house. Um, you know, and I'm a productive person. But in that quiet place, sometimes you don't think you're productive. And I didn't realize how productive it was. It was. How productive it was spending time. Because it says in Hebrews, He is the rewarder. of those who diligently seek Him. And so that's my challenge for you. That's the challenge I speak to myself. To get to that place 
where I am pursuing. We pursue a lot of things in the world today. We pursue a lot of things. And this is when our heart gets jacked up. I remember it being in a time of transition in Salmonar, B.C., where I was in a situation where work-wise, things weren't happening. Things were not happening the way I thought they should happen. And I was trying to figure out what to do. And I remember of that time, and this was close to the breakthrough time, because you know what? When you're going through that struggle, when that thing's starting to, to bite at you, when that thing, you just shake it off because your breakthrough is about to happen. But before your breakthrough happens, a lot of times there's that struggle. There's that waiting. That's that season that, that we find difficult. And so here I was, and I remember so vividly in that moment we were living up on this hill in Salmon Arm, and I remember as, a, as walking around and things weren't happening, and, and this was all in the transition phase, and we were just living basically by, by people giving us, we didn't have a lot of money because the paycheck had stopped because I wasn't with this church anymore. I had pursued God to start this other church, so it wasn't happening. I remember things were just like, and then Satan came up and he whispered in my ear, which he does a lot of times. And it may not even be him by one of his workers. How many have read C.S. Lewis screw tape letters? That's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing because it just kind of shows you how the devil likes to attack you, how he likes to figure out, you know. But in this strategy, he was trying to say, you know what, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it to follow God? Lloyd? Is it worth it, Jordan? Is it worth it, Kathy? Melissa? John? Is it worth it? Why not just, just Jake? Is it worth it? Why not just give up, man? Why not just... But you know, in that moment when everything looks bleak, And they've got your hands tied. And the people are praying for you. And Jesus is praying for you. Praying fervently. And you're in that prison cell. And you feel like there's, you have no idea. And it's out of control. It is out of control a lot of times, you know. In life, it can be out of control. Because we really, we we like to control things. How many are like that? Come on. Honesty. Okay we got a lot of people. You like to control things. You're a control freak. It doesn't happen this way, or it doesn't happen that way. All right? All right? You, you know? I mean, it has to happen. And sometimes God just wants to mess those ducks up. You like them in a line. And God says, nope. And you're going, whoa, what's going on here? Because that happened to us. We were, in a, we were in a situation where I had to decide. I wanted to plant another church in Medicine Hat, Alberta. And I was ready to do that. And I thought this was the way God wanted us to go. And, and the ducks got started to doing this because we were getting ready. And he, he was actually taking us into YWAM at that time to, to work in us and work in our character, you know, work in our heart, right? And do all the stuff that, but I didn't realize how that would turn out to work in my future to work in our future and how beneficial that would be. And so there in that situation, I said, okay, God, I surrender to you. And I'm saying, 
It's a better way. It's an easier way. That's why Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Do it yourself. Courage, do it yourself. Go ahead. In the new year 2019, try to do it in your own strength. Try to do it in your own, make your own decisions. Trust me, it's not, it's not what it should be. And the world wants you to believe. Oh, they so want you to believe their way is so much better. But it's a lie. It's a big, fat lie. Because it doesn't measure up to the peace, to the joy, right? To the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit that each day, right? But it is a battle. And I've said that before. It is a battle. And so the challenge, I believe, I'm going to give us an opportunity to this morning is for, me, for you to surrender. Because that's where <laughs> I had to put up the white flag and say, okay, God, it's not meant at this time for me to plant that second church. It's meant for me to go to YWAM with my family and just soak in you and learn more about you and, and do it. I mean, I had to throw the white flag up. And some of you here are wrestling, and you have to throw the white flag up. And maybe it's things that you've allowed yourself, right? You've allowed yourself to think these thoughts about your future, and they haven't been of God. Because God wants to work through you in such a powerful way. And if you could recognize that, because there is no junior Holy Spirit. I don't care how little you are, how big you are, whatever. But it comes back to this, is that God wants to work through you. The God of breakthrough. And so that you can make help someone else have that breakthrough. Because as you experience the breakthrough in your own life, you will be able to bake a platform or a path for someone else to experience that breakthrough. Because you begin to see and you begin to know that your Father is not only intimate, but He is amazing and He's powerful and you begin to see Him in a whole new light. And you begin to know Him. And you begin to hear His voice. And you surrender to that. And then you watch things unfold that you know you could never take credit for. Right? Because he does. He, he doesn't pick the intelligent. All of us, really, when you think about it, First Corinthians, I mean, it's probably something you don't want to really... But when you read about it, Paul says, listen, hey, we're all in the same boat. <laughs> There's not one better than another. And I see people go so much, and this is what, I guess, what I'm, what I'm saying is this, not guessing, but knowing in my heart that I've been there, and I know what it is to go through a ritual, to do everything, but not have a heart in it. And we see that at church. You can see that at the church just outside. You see all the people. They'll show up for the right days, the right events, but their heart's not there. And Jesus says to me, don't come to me with those with, with those lips, you know, don't come to me with a heart that's not even there. He says, I'm tired of your worship. I'm tired of your, your heart's not even in it. You sing these songs. Oh, yeah, they sound good and everything, but your heart's not there, right? Or you speak, your heart's not in it, but are you in it? And you can tell. I remember in college, in my days in college, I could tell when I heard a speaker whether his heart was in it or he was just going through it. And he could pull it off. Right? And so, this morning, this is a challenge. 
for you to jumpstart your heart. This is a challenge. I want us all to stand. Let's just stand up this morning and give opportunity. You know, Peter failed. Peter did fail. If you read the rest, we all know the story that Peter said, Lord, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And what happened? God already knew. Jesus already knew. And I think the hardest part would have been when Jesus, in the midst of the third time the rooster crowed, is seeing Peter and Peter seeing Jesus and then taking off. My, my question, my thought to you this day, if Jesus was standing right here right now, and I believe he, His presence is here. I really do. I know I'm a carrier of His presence. And I know there's those of you here who are carriers of, of His presence too. And that comes to you when you believe. You become a carrier of His presence. But if Jesus is here right now and you could look Him eye to eye, what would you do? What would you say? And He says, listen, I've especially prayed for you. I've especially prayed for you. And like Peter, He said, Peter, on that moment on the beach, he sat down and, and, and he invited him to come. He invited him. He said, Peter, do you love me? And I think that's the question that we have to ask ourselves almost constantly <clears throat> because our hearts get jacked up. <clears throat> do you love me? That's what Jesus is saying this morning. Will you surrender knowing that I have everything not only see everything about you, but have everything. I know everything about you. You've been trying to do it yourself. You've been trying to wrestle. So we want to give you an opportunity this morning to come forward and say, God, it's time. It's time. I want to share this one story <clears throat> with you. When in Cuba, there was this pastor who was playing his piano. And in the background, he couldn't see it. He was just practicing his piano in church. But in the back, there was this mother standing with two children. And then when he was done, he finished the song. They began to clap their hands. And uh, he looked at them. And Jesus said, that's me. Right there in the back, that's me. And he, he began to inquire about who they were and found out this was a prisoner's wife who was about herself to go to prison. And he looked up the orphanages in Holguin, which is where we were, one of the orphanages there. And he found out about these orphanages, which were, there are government-run orphanages. And he pioneered, he started to reach out to them. And as soon as the first orphanage he went to, the first child running up to him was the same one that was clapping the hand. And Jesus is calling us, calling us to get our hearts with right with him so that we can become him to the world. I love how Heidi Baker says, you know, if your heart isn't there, then don't do ministry. Really, you're wasting time. You're wasting time. If your heart's not there, get your heart right first. Because if, you're, if your heart's not right and if you don't love him, what's the point? You're just going to make a mess. Not only of your life, but of others too. And so I'm challenging us and myself this morning to loving God more. 
Because I I believe that Jesus this morning is calling us to surrender to his ways because they're the best. They're better than our ways. And number two, to loving him more. Do you love me? Do you love me more than this? And this is a moment for you. So we're going to invite you. I'm going to invite the ministry team. And if you this morning are sensing Holy Spirit has been talking to you This is a moment for you to come forward. And we just pray against any distractions right now, anything distracting you that you can focus totally on Him. Yes, come on forward. Be brave. This is an opportunity for you to say, yes, Jesus, I want to love you more. I want to surrender. I'm throwing up the white flag because you're the one that's going to open the doors for me. Right? And I'm going to cultivate. I'm going to spend more time. And I'm, I'm in the same. I'm on my knees saying, God, I want to spend more time in the secret place. This is not about me saying, you know, I've got it all together. Because, listen, I don't have it all together. But this is about me saying, God, I'm going to get lower and lower and lower. So you can be higher. And, you won't, and he'll make something out of your life you will not even believe. He will make something out of that life because you've surrendered, you've laid that life down, you've laid it down on the altar and He'll take that life and He'll use that life because you've cultivated and no matter who sees because it doesn't matter, it matters what He sees. I'm so tired of of living my life for others, I live it for God and that through that, God spills it out on others. This morning, You've been challenged. This morning, you've had an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Jesus, I love you. I want to serve you. So we're going to pray for you. We want to speak over you such a deep, deep awareness of His presence. We want you to dive in the deep end. We want you to continue to go in the new year when you see others who fall away. And the Bible says that in the last days there will be those who fall away. But we want you to cultivate that secret place and to hear the words of Jesus. Grab a hold of those words.